welcome to Recurring Nightmares, episode 44. I am Jeff, joined as always by Chris. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> as Chris just alluded to there, it is our annual Christmas episode. There's no war on Christmas here on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Christmas is a little bloody with us, but... Yeah, yeah, but uh, this is an episode I always look forward to just because... I really just got into like the holiday horror movies over the last few years, and uh, this is always just a fun one for me, Like no matter what we do. Uh, I chose a couple of movies that I saw for the first time last year, and I was like, Chris has got to see these, and uh, we'll get into why that is, uh, But uh, and we'll get into those movies, uh, the ones we're going to discuss tonight, are Christmas Bloody Christmas from last year, and... Silent Night, Deadly Night Five, The Toy Maker from I think like 1990. We'll we'll get the exact details when we get to them. Yeah, I think it's 91, but yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, but uh, you know, as we always do at the top of the show, we have to talk about all the things that uh, we've been watching in the last month, and uh. I had quite a bit. Some of my favorite movies of the year that I saw, but we're going to start with you, Chris. Uh, What have you been watching? Uh, Yeah, so, you know, we we go a month in between. So Thanksgiving holiday happened. Um, Not my favorite holiday. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, Eli Roth's long talked about Thanksgiving, uh, which, based on a trailer... In Grindhouse, in uh, yeah. you know Robert Rodriguez and uh, um, why the hell am I drawing Tarant- a blank? Tarantino, yeah, they're they're Grindhouse. They had fake. This was like a double feature. I'm guessing a lot of people might not know this. Yeah, this point. but it was like, I think 2008. They released a thing called Grindhouse, and it was basically a double feature of, of two. You know, one movie by Rodriguez and one by Tarantino. And there was these fake trailers that, you know, played between the movies that were a lot of fun. Uh, I think it was a highlight for a lot of people. Yeah, I, th- I now, think uh, Rob Zombie's best best thing ever was in that. It was like <laughs> his two-minute trailer. Yeah, it was yeah. Um, And it's weird because, you know, these these were put together as like a joke by these guest directors that they had do them. And now two of them have become actual movies. In fact, like Machete actually had a sequel, I think. Yeah, yeah, it became a it became a series. <laughs> but it, it, it's so weird because uh, you know Grindhouse was a flop, and when it got kind of like split up after its initial release, and just yeah, it's kind of a weird. It's a weird thing, and it's like, but you would never think this thing that was like not successful. Um, would spawn like other movies especially god we're almost like 20 years uh separated from it at this point and then we're, we got this thanksgiving movie yeah uh, um it's the it's actually the third set. well according to wikipedia hobo with a shotgun came out of that as well yeah yeah but i don't remember the details because I, I don't remember i don't remember oh. that trailer I don't remember that being like attached to Grindhouse. I remember it being around that time and all that, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the uh, the at least the Wikipedia page says that it was uh, it was based on the faux trailer of the same title featured in Grindhouse. So, 
I'll take their word for it. Um, I, I owned the movie and I watched it recently. I don't remember seeing. I don't know. Maybe I, it was like a fake trailer that they made and they they did not include it, and then the guy just decided to expand that. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, re- I remember Machete. I remember Thanksgiving. I remember the Rob Zombie Nazi women werewolf and, Nazi women of the SS or something. And don't. I think it was Edgar Wright's don't. Don't. Yep. Don't go into the house. Don't go up the stairs. Uh, another good trailer. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was yeah. fun too. Uh, but yeah, Thanksgiving uh, it features a killer pilgrim um and uh this is fun e- Eli Roth who has not done much uh you know big mainstream in quite some time well he's uh, like at least strayed from the horror genre quite a bit so yeah it's been uh i think almost a decade since he made like a real horror film like yeah. he did the, he did the green inferno in 2013 which is what it is, but yeah, since then it's been you know thrillers and action films. Like he did the Death Wish remake, which the was kids bad. movie. Now he did the kids movie, um, and then now he's now he's done Thanksgiving. He's, he's Borderlands is coming next year. Oh yeah. But yeah, he's he's returned with Thanksgiving, which is a return to to horror, but it's a slasher, unlike you know his other stuff, which was more. I mean, Hostile, Hostile Part 2, I guess that falls into the torture porn. Yeah, that, 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 not that really, genre. Yeah, not really slasher. Yeah, slasher and course. Cabin Fever is more of a, uh, you know, it's a it's a virus film. That, that, yeah. It's fun, but it's not, they're not slashers. Like, this is a traditional slasher film, and he does a really good job with it, bringing some of his super gross, like, gore to it. Um, which I think adds adds a lot to it. it I, I think this film starts off real well. It is it is more like a like nineties two thousand era slasher as opposed to uh, like an early eighties slasher. But it, yeah, it feels good. I like it it's, for the most part. I saw this as well, and yeah, I I, I do wish that they went with. Because, like, they're in Grindhouse, looked like a really shitty um, slasher that would come out in, like, 1980, right? And I wish yeah. they kind of did that. I I could see why they probably were like, no, that's probably not commercially viable. Uh, but it's kind of a breath of fresh air in a way because, one, they these are not, like, that era's over, the 90s, you know, late 90s slasher. And it's been so long... And it's just kind of refreshing to get like a straight up slasher now that's not, you know, some meditation on grief or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just straight up, you know, it's 1999. And, and the only thing is like, the, it it is like that, but the, some of the kills and the gore do feel like, you know, like something from the 80s or whatever. Like he, oh, they, they go for yeah. it with... Those like I know what you did last summer, something like that. They didn't really have good kills, I don't think. Like it's no, they, like that that that's what I think. Like it, you know, elevates this a little bit is that he he has some decent kills. He he goes he goes for some gross out moments. Um, I think he make make a slight bit too far <laughs> with with one sequence. Um, 
I loved it. I was cackling. <laughs> uh, and if you've seen Green Inferno, uh, just uh, take that as as a hint as to what what <laughs> happens here. But uh, um, I thought it was fun. Uh, you know, uh, twist wise, it you know whatever. I I think you you see it coming at the end. Like, oh, this this is who it was all along. Um. Yeah, but I, but I think it's fun. Like all ultimately, like oh, and also that opening is fantastic. It is yes. a simulated <laughs> yep. Walmart riot. Black Friday. Yeah, yeah, Black, Black Friday, Friday riot trampling thing. And oh my god, like they go, they go for it. <laughs> I was In, just like, oh, we're having fun, and and like he, you could tell he's a fan of like holiday horror because he's like trying to make it you know, themed around the holiday, you know, like that's, yeah. that's a, a Thanksgiving thing. And like, he kind of does a lot of that throughout, like to really make it feel like, like, a like this is going to be a Thanksgiving movie that you watch now, you know, just like the way we watch the Christmas horror every year. And he's kind of like got, like, there's really not that many Thanksgiving slashers out there. So he's kind of got it all to himself. And I guess this did good enough that we're getting part two. So yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a had a fifteen million dollar budget. It made almost forty million dollars to box office. Like, I don't. Th- it wasn't advertised like super amazing. So, seems like it made money, and uh, I'm happy that they're, they're going to make a sequel. We're going to get more John Carver. He's the he's the pilgrim um, killer in it. Uh, cool look, cool mask. Yeah, like I, yeah, it's, it's just you know Eli Roth clearly loves like you know the the genre and i'm happy he has his own little like you know franchise now to, to mess around with it's good to have him yeah back. yeah it's it's nice having because like he is like so he is he loves horror like you hear him talk about horror history and he knows his stuff yeah um it's just he's been away from it for a long time mostly because when he debuted it was it was the gore stuff and it's not for everybody. Uh, a lot of people go wrong. That's all he can do. But uh, he's 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 fun. He he knows what's up. And this was a good 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 time. Yep. Um, something I also saw over the Thanksgiving break was uh, Napoleon. Yeah. Uh, the new Ridley Scott film starring Jacqueline Phoenix and uh, uh, Vanessa Kirby as uh, napoleon's wife um i don't know this film's long (laughs) it to me it plays best when uh, napoleon is rising to power and you know kind of it starts a downward slant when he becomes emperor It, it just kind of follows his career and the film stops being interesting like when he gets power and starts fucking everything up like it 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 just doesn't doesn't hold my interest as as well there but jacqueline phoenix is great as napoleon vanessa kirby is fantastic as josephine there are no other characters in this movie like <laughs> like there are people that come in they'll talk but like the, yeah, they yeah. are the two uh they're they're the the primary two and um the story revolves around them and their relationship and kind of how everything goes to shit when he listens to people and divorces his wife um, so that he can have an heir. 
uh, and instead he he loses, you know, his empire. Um, but, you know, it's a Ridley Scott film. It's fantastically shot. Uh, the acting is solid. Um, the battle sequences are really neat, except the good ones all happen in the like first half of that of the film. So it's a two and a half hour movie. The back hour is a little slow and dull. Uh, and I didn't end up loving it uh, as much as I had hoped. Like I was, I was really like interested in in this one. Kind of came with eh, it's fine. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think I've seen anyone that loved it. But uh, what made you? Why did you go see it? Was it the Ridley Scottness of it? Was it Joaquin Phoenix? Hey, or, you know? Yeah, I mean it was Ridley Scott, the the source material, and Napoleon's an interesting. Okay fucking character like in history um like he's he is he conquered like almost all of europe uh at a at a one point in time and uh he fucked it all up <laughs> and so it was like it's interesting to like that's what i was interested in seeing and like Do they, they get into all that, that. Yeah. They, they get into it and it's like they they do the sacking of moscow um, and then, then he's like, he's not satisfied with the fact that they, you know, they took Moscow, they they made the Russians retreat from their own and burn their own capital down. Basically, um, he's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get them. I'm going to get, you know, I think it was Alexander or whoever at the time. He's like, I'm going to get him. And he then takes like 300,000 troops in the middle of winter and marches them to St. Petersburg and they all fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> he fucks up like badly and they, they go over that in depth but um, it also it jumps around a lot I think and I think that that might be my problem with it is like time moves very fluidly with it and it's, it's a fascinating concept that he's going he's doing this biography of Napoleon it's just I don't think it clicks perfectly well, you know, really, Scott is very prolific, and he has hits and misses. You know, it's not always yeah. it's not always Alien, or you know, it's not always. No, and, and like I mean, I loved uh, I loved the last duel. Yeah, um, you and I, I both that did. was great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's th- this one is a little bit of a mess. We'll see what he brings next year. He's bringing Gladiator Two, a sequel that I don't think anybody asked for. Twenty five years wow, later, I didn't know that. Back to the well, yeah. huh? Yeah. So just we'll, like uh, we'll what's his name uh, doing it follows too because no one liked his second movie after it follows. <laughs> He's just like, all right, I'll go back to what you guys liked. Yes, if that's I, what you want, we'll do it. <laughs> I, I actually take that back though. People really did like um, David Robert Mitchell's follow up to It Follows, but it just it was not uh, successful. Uh, I liked I liked the movie too. It's weird. It's a weird little like. Uh, kind of like an incel doing a detective work type thing. It's weird. Hmm, uh, I should check it out. Under the Silver Lake? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if... It, 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 it's been a while since I see it, so I don't know if that characterization is is right, but it's kind of riffing on L.A. and... and yeah, it, it's... Again, it's weird. It's very different. Uh, it's not horror, but uh, it, I found it interesting enough, but sure. it's been a while. Um, one more movie, and then I'll, I'll briefly talk about two uh 
two two shows I've been watching. But uh, okay, Silent Night, John Woo's return to American cinema yeah. twenty years after so, after he left here. So interested to hear about this because man, uh, this trailer sold me on it so much, and then everything I've heard since, uh, not really. So, uh, I think when I originally came out, I was like, so I missed like the first two minutes, three minutes of this film. Uh, and I thought like, oh, like maybe there was some dialogue before then because I walk in and immediately, uh, Joel Kinnaman's character is shot in the throat. And so that's where it becomes silent. (laughs) Um, yeah, he cannot talk from there. But the weird thing is, is nobody around him talks. Yeah, it is a silent hurt. movie. <laughs> yeah. There is dialogue. It is on a radio, like it's like a police scanner. Like you'll hear, like that. You'll hear radio chatter between police. Um, that is it for for dialogue. Any other dialogue, dialogue between gang members, dialogue between him and his wife is all done by text message. It's fucking weird. <laughs> it's a weird approach. It's easy enough to follow, right? Like, uh, I think if you've seen the trailer, you understand. Yeah, you know, I just kid, don't kid get gets killed. I don't get why. Uh, yes, yeah, there's no reason for it to be silent. <laughs> like. You can be silent, Secondly, as even if he's like you said. Okay, he can't speak. Yeah, everyone else can. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 it's. Go ahead, though. Go ahead. I, I want to hear what your thoughts are on this. Uh, it's. Anyways, I went on my rant about how uh, you know technical difficulties, but I went on my little rant about how I, I don't like. <laughs> And I'll go on a little bit more about how I don't like that gimmick of of them not talking. But that aside, I'm interested in what you what you thought of the movie. Yeah, so it's kind of boring. <laughs> like it's a it's not a long movie, but he doesn't do anything for like seventy minutes, maybe, uh, of the film. It's just really dull. Uh, he is he's brooding for a lot of it because like you know his kid died he's drinking he's having marital problems and then he comes up with an idea that he's going to get revenge and he starts working out and you know buying up stuff learning how to fight like by watching youtube videos it's kind of ridiculous actually um you know he starts going to a gun range and he like just marks on his calendar like christmas eve kill them all and once that ha- once you get to Christmas Eve, it's kind of fun. The action's good. It's not great. It's not, you know, it's not John Woo's best stuff, but it's decent. It's, you know, there's some good car chasing. Uh, there's some good sequences there. There's a couple good shootouts. Um, but, yeah, it takes way too long to get where it needs to go. And he's kind of a dick. Like, just... Joel Kinnaman's character, Brian, like he's just like, because like his wife is there at the time of, you know, his kid getting, you know, shot by a stray bullet and 
she like nurses him back to health. Like she's there the whole time with at, at his rehab. And then he comes home and like, he has a breakdown. Like that's understandable. You know, you just lost your kid, but so did your wife. <laughs> and he like treats her like shit. And like you, like, I just, I have no, not that I have no, no empathy or sympathy for, you know, what he's going through, but they make him so unlikable because they focus on the wife like showing her moving around the house and him just like brooding in the garage drinking all the time it's like you don't you don't feel for him you just think like all right he's well he went through something bad but yeah he's like (laughs) dave chad made a funny comment about this where he's just like you know, you just lost your kid in a random act of violence. Like, maybe you would have some introspection and not just brood and fucking go on a killing spree. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Uh, um, and I mean, like, look, the end of it is, is fun. I think the, the ending is, is a good action sequence. I've seen better. I've seen better this year. Like, but. Yeah. Well, yeah. Dude, I was so sold on this, and now everything I hear, I'm like, and it really made me like think in a sense, like John Woo, like, am I a fan of John Woo? And the answer no. is, is no, no, like Face Off. Yeah, like, that's kind of it. That's kind of like hard, hard uh, target, uh, which was the uh, um, Jean Claude Van Damme one where they hunt him, and uh, Broken Arrow, like those three, like Broken what, Arrow, you, I very much liked. But again, it, it's something I haven't watched since it came out, and it's probably not great. But... And the the stuff I could like remember about his action, I'm like, yeah, that was very influential. But I don't, you know, I think we have advanced, you know, action filmmaking has advanced a lot. Yes, again, part of that is him, his influence, right? But you know. Yeah, so I was just like, ah, I'm in no rush to see this now. And, and like, if it was the movie that was advertised in the trailer, fuck, man. Like, the other they made, thing it, they made was, it look really fun. Like, they made it look like it was balls to the wall action all the way. And, yeah, but like, every, all the action you see is, like, 90% of it is in the back 25 minutes of the film. Weird. Uh, it sucks. And the other thing is, like, the Christmas theming. Oh yeah. Right. Like it's borderline. It, it's, it's inconsequential. It's there, but it is, it does not play a role in this movie. That's another disappointing thing I heard. I, I, again, everything I've heard about this, I'm like, I want to see it when it comes out. Cause uh, again, it, it just seemed like a fine idea in my head, but everything I hear, I'm like, oh, the Christmas stuff is like barely there, and there's no dialogue. There's no dialogue thing. Now, this is the second movie this year that has done this. Uh, did you ever watch the Hulu one? No. Um, no one. I think it's called No One Will Save You. Yeah, the the alien one, right? People went fucking, you know, crazy for that movie. They loved it, and to me, like. That did the same gimmick, and it, like, ruined the movie for me. Like, it actively ruined the movie for me, where I was just like... And then there, it kind of made more sense, because she was by herself for a lot of it. There's an alien... It's her and an alien for, like, most of it, right? So it's like, okay, it kind of makes sense that there's not a lot of dialogue, but, like, it was a gimmick there, and I heard it's even worse of a gimmick here, and I'm just like... It doesn't make it... I don't get it. 
it does not work here because like yeah sure if he like if his wife had also died and he's spending all of his time like brooding in his house like that maybe makes some sense but he interacts with other people in this movie other characters interact with each other and their method of communication is like texting from like one room to the other instead of just walking in and her going hey brian you know where my keys are and said she texts him while watching him drink like yeah he goes to the police office like he goes to the, the, the police station to i guess get some information and he doesn't talk to anybody there like so i don't know how he ends up in the detective's office like to get the photos that he's looking for the the like gang leader he has people around him all the time he doesn't give them verbal orders he sends his lieutenants texts and you know you know would liven up like the build up to the action i don't know people talking <laughs> yeah <laughs> did you see uh matt zoller sites's review for um rogerebert.com no, no, he gave it four stars. He said it was one of his favorite movies of the year. He's like one of the only like major critics that that did that that like really liked it. And he's like, this is pure cinema. It's images. It's you know, it's action. And I'm like, he really sells you on it because like, I'm like, I agree with that. Like, I don't necessarily need a strong story or or whatever, right? But. Uh, I don't know, man. Everything I've heard, I'm, I'm like, I know I'm not going to have that reaction to this movie. <laughs> so weird. And like, I was like, real, like, I was like, oh, cool. Like, John Woo's back. This looks yeah. fun. This, like, the trailer, just like you said, the trailer was like awesome. Like, this is going to be great. And then I get in there and I'm like, all right. Um, maybe I missed some dialogue early on. Like, maybe they'll maybe talk later. Maybe. Like, he's recovering. So, like, they're they're kind of doing it from his perspective where he can't talk. But the, the entire rest of the film, nobody talks. It's such a weird choice. It's so strange. Silent Night, get it? Yeah, I got it. It's so <laughs> man, so bad. Like such a letdown. I hope you enjoy it more than I did. But uh, yeah. wow, yeah, I, say, I assume you'll see it soon. Like I, it'll hit yeah. streaming. I bet. Would you rent it, or let's say, would you yeah. recommend me to rent it? I would, I would rent it at the at a rental price. I would yeah, not be gotcha. like when it hits like and they're like, oh, you can you can rent it for twenty bucks or buy yeah, it. For yeah. 20. Like, no, wait yeah. till it's like five or six. Okay. Um, I think it's worth it just to like see. But I think so, like you, you saw John Wick four and like I didn't love John Wick four, but like none of the action in this is comparable to that. Yeah. I, I've been itching to rewatch John Wick Four. I loved it. Loved, loved, loved that movie. Yeah. So I think if you love John Wick Four and you're gonna watch this and go, okay, they're doing they're, there's a couple cool like neat little yeah. tricks and stuff that he does, but it's like it's not the balls to the wall action that that film is. That's what you like want. the sequences yeah. aren't as long. Like, <laughs> all right, it's a it's a little bit of a letdown. Um, real quick though, uh. I I have not watched a lot of TV this year. Just okay. I don't know why. Um, but my my family had COVID uh, right before Thanksgiving, so I was like, I like hid in the basement for a week. Um, yeah, like well, it's like 
you know, you get to a point, it's like you can only play so many video games and like you're trying to rest. Like it's like you start putting shit on TV. I started watching, I don't watch anime, but I'd heard good things about this thing called Blue Eye Samurai. Yeah, I've heard great things about it. Um, I just not my thing, so I didn't check it out. I'm I'm not into anime, but yeah, that is really cool. Okay. <laughs> like, really, really cool story. Um you find out like the the reveal at the end of the first episode. I won't won't spoil it, but um, it is a cool like revenge story of this this uh, kid who ha- is parented by somebody that is white in a time where Japan has like shut down basically the entire like there are they've. It is Japanese only, and if you are not fully Japanese, you're a fucking mutant, basically. They treat you like shit. And this kid, um, his mom gets killed in a fire, and he ends up going and becoming a a samurai through determination with the intent of, like, going and, and yeah, killing, yeah. killing his father because his father raped his mom to get her pregnant and cast him into this life. So really cool. Like the animation's great. Um, super mature. Like it's, it is, a uh, way more mature than I would like expect from like a cartoon. So, yeah. And is it half hour episodes or they're, they're like 45, 50 so minutes long? It's, so like, it's long. It's a drama. Like it's a, yes. or, you know, like it's, just basically take like an hour long drama, but it's animated. Yeah. It's yeah. And it's, it's like a historical, you know, drama that, you know, yeah, there's like, there's obviously because it's animated, you could do some really stylized fight sequences and stuff. You probably yeah. couldn't do live action, but, uh, but the script is like smart and adult. Yeah. Very, yeah. very good. Like, uh, I'm, cool. I'm very impressed. And there's a twist at the end of the first episode. That's like, you kind of see it coming, but maybe not fully. <laughs> I'm like, oh wow, and that changes the dynamic of everything because um, everything you've you've seen up until that point, you, you're watching from one perspective, and then you you find out the twist, and it changes how you view everything else going forward. Um, very interesting. Well, uh, since, since you are the one uh, recommending this. Because I know you like neither of us are like really big in the anime. Uh, I'll, I'll give it. A sh- I'll try to give it a shot with the wife and see if it sticks. We'll see. Watch that first episode. Like yeah. if it doesn't click with you, like you lost forty minutes. Like <laughs> well, it, it's possible it, it doesn't click with her, and then in which case I'm fucked. I'm not gonna watch a whole series without her. <laughs> yeah. But uh... it's it's like I think it's only eight episodes, so it's not like super yeah. long. But yeah, it's like eight hours investment basically. If and you yeah. wrap this up, or I haven't finished it yet. But okay. like what I watched of it, really great. It's just like since I've you know been able to go back to my bedroom, like my wife has like her you know, veterinarian shows on in the middle of the night. So veterinarian like, shows. Um, so I haven't haven't got shit, but I am gonna like make time to watch it. Um, the other yeah. thing uh, I I've, I've returned to Doctor Who. Which uh, okay. I, don't, I don't think we've talked about ever on on this, but um, I fell off of you know the the series a couple years ago, uh, and through no fault of Jodie Whittaker, who's the new Doctor, 
Um, I think she's actually really great in it. Just, the stories just weren't clicking for me. And then it took two years for the latest season to come out. And I just never caught up. But they brought back like the doctor that I kind of got into Doctor Who with, David Tennant. Um, and he has three specials that are you know coming out before they introduce their new doctor, who will be the first black doctor. Uh, but before that, I wanted to like catch up on Doctor Who. So I've been watching it. The, the season I missed and everybody was like criticizing this like uh, it's like the storytelling's awful it's not great it's bad for Doctor Who and like I'm watching I'm like this is fun like it is classic Doctor Who she is she's great in the roles like fun and quirky which the Doctor should be um I don't know I don't don't understand what people's dislike for it I understand like season two wasn't great but. You know, uh, there's a there's definitely some misogyny in yeah, <laughs> on, on the fan side of it. Like they, uh, and I'm sure there's going to be some racism. Uh, you know, with the fact that you know they have the first black doctor coming. Yeah, she's a um, black woman, so that like, I would imagine Doctor Who's audience is typically like very you know like smarter and not like that. But it, there's going to be a fraction of it that oh, this is woke now. Yep. Yeah, and it's like the doctor's always been woke, but that, I think that some of these people just don't understand that because they've never viewed it through that lens until I, they've been exposed to it changing and like now the doctor's woman or now the doctor's black. Like, you know what is like stuck with me, and I, I still see it come up and it cracks me up every time is the reaction to Prey, the new Predator movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, the whole like. There's a fraction of the audience is like, you mean to tell me that this girl with bows and arrows is able to kill this fucking alien and fucking these guys, you know, from the 80s movie couldn't do it? And I was like, you realize, like, they all got killed because, like, it was smarter than them. You know what I mean? Like, right, it, has it doesn't matter do. your weaponry or whether you're, like, a, a smaller woman or, you know, it, it was about, you know, Arnold Art. Arnold ended up outsmarting the fucking thing. You know what I yep. mean? Like, and it's because people are just so stuck in their culture war shit. This is like, it's the worst reading you could possibly make of something. I'm sure, I'm sure somebody would there. watch <laughs> Robocop. I'm sure somebody would watch the original Robocop today and like be like, oh, that, that shit's woke. Like, <laughs> it's woke. Yeah. 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 Guess what? All cops are bad. <laughs> that's kind of the intention behind that that was <laughs> fucking 40 years ago like anyway uh yeah i'm i'm back on doctor who i'm watching it you know in, in, at work it's easy it's it's an easy thing to put on and just kind of watch but what have you been watching jeff uh well let's see um i've i've seen a lot but I want to really highlight like some of the things that I saw in the last month that will be on my top 10 list and very high on it. I saw some of my favorite movies of the year. Um, and I guess we'll start off with The Killer. from uh, It's a new David Fincher film. It's on Netflix. Okay, yeah. Uh, you haven't got a chance to check this out yet, right? I, I have not seen it yet, no. Um, it, it's him actually reteaming with Andrew Kevin Walker, who was the, the who wrote my favorite David Fincher movie uh, Seven, and and then you got uh, Trent, I think Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross doing the, the score. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> it's a really the killer is a really fun movie, uh, starring uh, David Fassbender. This is his name, right? David Fassbender. Yeah. Uh, as a, a hitman who fucks up a job, uh, and you know, it, it's a very typical hitman story. In that it's like hitman fucks up. Now everyone's out. You know, now he must be eliminated, and, and he's like trying to survive and using his skills. Uh, against the organization coming after him, right? Mm-hmm. But like, uh, it has—I mean, obviously, it has the great Fincher direction and all that. But like, it has this really fun um, hook, in my opinion, that he like narrates over. You know, it's like a lot of voiceover of him telling you how awesome he is, and he's <laughs> constantly fucking up. <laughs> like it's just like. What he is telling you is one thing, and then what you're seeing happen is, like, him messing up. Like, he's very, like, he he does have skills. Like, he's not, like, totally terrible at his job, but he's nothing exceptional, right? Right. And, and it, it it's just really fun in that in that respect. Like, it's just constantly, like, hearing this guy tell you, like, you, you gotta stick to the plan. You gotta do this, and then he like takes a shot and accidentally kills the wrong person. You're like, what the fuck? And and uh, but you know he somehow scrapes by and gets out of the you know situation after situation to keep the movie going. Um, and, but it was just it is also funny to see like the critical reaction to it because like most critics got it, but there were like very big serious critics who like did not get the joke. Mm-hmm. They would be like, hey, like. You're presenting this guy as this ultra slick, like smart hitman, and he's like always oh, he's making a mistake. Yeah, dude, that's the point of the movie. Like, the point of the movie is this guy thinks way more highly of himself for like no reason. You know what I mean? And like, I guess that like just flew over some people's heads. Um, the other fun thing is just seeing the mechanics of of like how he gets the buildings, you know, and. They do a lot of uh, like showing, you know, how how you would do this, how you would do that, how you know, how would you gain access to things, how would you get through a lock, you know, what would you do to hide or whatever, and uh, that's really fun. Um, like I said, you know, Fincher directs the hell out of this. There is a an extended fight sequence that takes place in a house that is just like very brutal and awesome, like. Like him getting thrown into the fucking wall, getting thrown into a TV. Like you're just like Jesus, man. Like I hope, <laughs> I hope the stuntman's okay that did this. <laughs> um, yeah, really fun movie, and I highly recommend it. But yeah, just go in knowing that, like, because again, like the movie doesn't like spell it out to you that he's a dumbass or like that you know he's not a dumbass, but just. He's not as great as he thinks he is, but that's kind of like the point of the movie. Like, and it does kind of say it at the end, and so I, I just don't get how people missed it. But uh, keep that in mind if, if you if you do check it out. And I I do recommend checking it out. I think you'd find it fun. I I have it added to my Netflix queue, so yeah, I should sit down and watch it. Um, the other two movies that I saw that I thought were like some of the best movies I saw this year were both historical dramas about some of the darkest things in American history. (laughs) 
or or in some cases like world history and, and one was i finally got to see nolan's oppenheimer yeah blew me away uh cool. like, <laughs> i'm happy to hear that yeah because i don't think you've heard this from me for from from nolan I don't. I don't like. I like a lot of his movies, but I, I haven't been blown away by something he's done since The Dark Knight, which is that's going far back in the Nolan's, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's fifteen years back, I think, I, at this point. I think this might be his best film. I really like, and I was going into it expecting it to feel like homework and it feeling dry, but like, man, like. He was just the right guy to tell this story, and the way he told it was in typical like Nolan fashion, where it's like it's like big and bombastic and the blaring score, but it's like just people talking in a room for most yeah, of it. A but lot like of it, it is, yes. It elevates it and it makes it so exciting. Uh, and he does a lot of cool things, like the he does like visualizations of like how. Oppenheimer sees the world, which is a really neat, like a nice touch. Um, fucking stacked cast for days, yeah, like everyone shows up. Insane. Everyone shows up in this fucking thing. I, I thought Robert Downey Jr. Phenomenal. I was, I was like, oh yeah, this guy, like, this is the actor I remember really liking, like when he first. Like I used to see him in like indie movies and stuff before, way before Iron Man, being like, "This guy is talented." I know he's like a Nepo baby, but I'm like, "Yeah, this guy's really good." Uh, God, man, it was so fun to see him back, like not doing Tony Stark and like being great. Like, honestly, I think he should be up for best supporting actor. Uh, I just he was one of like the things I really loved about the movie. And just, uh, I loved that. <laughs> First off, it feels like a like a, you're like on this roller coaster ride for like at least two hours of the three hours of it, right? And it's it's really just like them, <laughs> men in room, like planning uh, to build a bomb. But like yeah. he makes it so exciting, uh, and then. The last hour, I could see like the last hour losing some people. It's so good though. I love it, but like again, like I could see people, I could see people like being lost by it too. Like, what, what is going on here? Like, because they don't. The movie kind of like centers around these like two herrings, right? Uh, you know, and then like a lot of it, like we get a lot of flashback. But, like, those two hearings, like, it's not really explained what's going on until near the end. And then, like, when I signed out, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, he's not even on trial. This is just, like, some bullshit thing to, like, strip him of credentials to give him a bad headline. I was like, that's great. Like, <laughs> and it's just because Downey was, I guess this is spoilers, but, uh, you know, Downey I mean, it's, it's had a pretty grievance like... What's that? It's historical fact. Like, was like, the well, petty grievance part of that like a fact though? Is yeah, that like how well, it went well, down? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know so much if it was Lewis Strauss ha was like, you know, upset about like that, but he wanted his confirmation and he needed uh, Oppenheimer basically, and his his uh, Oppenheimer turned basically on the nuclear program 
towards yeah after it. So he was, you know, arguing for us not to be doing it. And Strauss's position was we should be doing more. And this is uh, Nolan's take on why these things yeah, happen. Yes, and I, and I love that is like uh, you know that like that it was a petty grievance. I love because it's just like a like a it's the human element, like this like you know this is like this big political thing that's playing out in the news is happening just because someone doesn't like someone. And I loved it even more when you find out like it's because he didn't like he saw two people talking. And he didn't know what yep. the nature of that conversation was. Thought they were talking about him. It's like, I guess I'm kind of. I guess I'm doing full spoilers kind of for Oppenheimer. So sorry. So fast forward if you haven't seen it yet. But like, I because I just have to say this because I love it so much. Like his like assistant or whatever, uh, Robert Downey's assistant, who is actually he is the lead from the movie Fair Play that I recommended last month. But he's like, dude. Have you ever considered they weren't talking about you? <laughs> Which I thought was great. And then when you get to hear what the actual conversation that Oppenheimer and Einstein had, it's just it's such a perfect note to end the movie on. And and Nolan is so, for as much as I'm like ah Nolan is hit or miss for me. Like the dude is so good at ending his movies, in my opinion. Like especially when he like really nails it. Fuck. It gives you something to think about when you leave the theater. I think, like, like Inception, I haven't thought about that movie since I first watched it. I haven't watched... I should watch it again, but I haven't watched it since I first watched it, but I remember the first time seeing it going, that is the perfect ending. That is the fucking perfect ending for that. Dark Knight, I felt the same way. Memento, like, no one knows how to send you out. Like you said, you're thinking about it, and you're like, damn, dude. And, uh... Oppenheimer is no different, but like to me, Oppenheimer are just like uh, it's to me, it's him operating at his highest level. Uh, again, it just hit me way better than any of his other recent stuff. And uh, great cast, like again, killer cast, killer score. Yeah, Oppenheimer is like the real fucking deal, and he knocked it out of the park. And I mean, a big complaint uh, of. Nolan's films over the last like I don't know decade or so is his sound mix. I thought it was like you could understand the dialogue here. The sound did not overwhelm like it did in Tenet, yeah. where you couldn't hear what the I can't fuck speak, they were saying. I can't speak to it because I, I see at home I had the subtitled on, and I just I do love. I kind of love how he has the score blaring so. Uh, and I love the score in this. I thought the score was yeah, it's like, it's excellent. It's like dread inducing. It's just like, like oh fuck. <laughs> or or it just goes complete like there's no sound. Like he does that with the the big the big blast. The, the and test. it's like oh yeah yeah you don't hear it at all yeah. And in the lead up to that though, great like we're just like oh fuck. Yeah, and, and, oh, dude, fucking yeah, Betty Safdie in this. He had fucking making Blair. I was just like constantly pointing at the screen, like the fucking Once Upon a Time gif. Like I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I can't believe I'm seeing all these people in this. I, I I really really loved it, and like it wasn't again. I was just like, I gotta see this because it's a big movie of the year. I wasn't going into it with any sort of expectations. I did not expect to love it, so very surprised. And I. I fucking highly recommend it's a blind buy i'd say all right 
Um, and on the same token, Scorsese's latest uh, that he's been working on since The Irishman, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, I got a chance to see that last night. And again, this, this doesn't wrestle with uh, the <laughs> a nuclear bomb, but it's almost almost equally as dark part of American history uh, about uh, the Osage Nation in Oklahoma uh, discovering oil on their land, getting extremely wealthy off of it in the 1920s, and the white people who decided that let's kill them all, so that well let's let's entwine ourselves with them. And, and kill them all so that we can inherit the money off them. Uh, I, 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 I don't know, man. Scorsese, obviously, very good director, but like, dude, he he got career best performance, not not career best, but career highlight performances from everybody in this fucking movie, um, and, including De Niro, who. Man, it's, it might be one of my favorite De Niro performances, which is crazy to say, considering like he hasn't done anything amazing outside of the Irishman for so long. But he gives a great villain, like he is a great villain in this, uh, and he's like that, you know, kind of picture like uh, the villain from Thief. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. Like the, the kindly grandpa. You know what I mean? But like And he never actually shows like he's he doesn't do like uh, the guy in Thief at one point is like, I'll fucking murder your wife, I'll have her getting fucked in the street. Like he never ever shows that side in this. But you know he's the one behind everything and the way he'll just like smile at people. Like the worst thing he'll say to somebody is You sure you wanna do that? And that's it. But man, is it a really awesome performance. DiCaprio, to me, the only performance I love more is, is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But this is really great as he just plays this fucking idiot who is manipulated by his uncle into this horrible scheme. Uh, and I can't, I, I could go on about this movie for, for like way too long. But uh, so yeah, it's about these evil white men who. This, come up with a scheme for like basically DiCaprio should marry like I don't know if you ever saw like the full trailer for it but it's like DiCaprio would marry into this family and then they would kill them off to, to inherit the money yeah I, I wasn't know. sure if that was like I, I that's what it is well, yeah. Like, I, I yeah I wasn't sure if DiCaprio was in on it or or not but that, I, I thought that that was the premise behind it he's 100 he's 100 percent in on it but like he doesn't seem to get the fact that like after you kill all these members of your wife's family then you have to kill your wife mm. and like he doesn't seem to understand i think like he thinks like his uncle's just helping him do this so that like she'll be the last one with all the money and then that way like he would then benefit they have from the it. money right yeah yeah but like why would your uncle go through the fucking process of helping you like do this conspiracy to commit murder if he did not want to benefit from it uh and and all of what i'm saying here is not like uh spoilery cuz it doesn't play out how you expect but uh 
I just thought like the third act of this was fucking phenomenal. Like once the FBI rolls in, uh, and it's like the last hour of the movie, the FBI like investigating, trying to figure it out, and trying to turn people and make them flip. And the the note he goes out on that Scorsese goes out on is like, hey, the story that you just watched, maybe you could sh- you should consider who's telling you it, and who's telling you it is a an eighty year old Italian American white guy. And this is the best I could do because the people who should be telling it are dead. And I thought that was just a brilliant, brilliant fucking ending to the movie that like just floored me. And I loved it so much that I watched like the last half of it again today. So huge recommend for Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, Do I want to touch on anything else or have we covered plenty of stuff? (laughs) So, Killers of the Flower Moon is out for rent now, but like it, at, at the premium yeah, it's the premium. It's like twenty or twenty-five to own. I just bought it. I could have waited. I guess if you wait long enough, it'll be free on Apple TV since it's an Apple movie. But I've been dying to see it, and I don't regret um, buying it because right. it was fucking phenomenal, and, and I will see it again. I already did see it again, at least half of it. Um, but yeah, if you wait long enough, I I hope they don't make people wait too long. I hope I hope it like before Christmas maybe hits Amazon or I'm sorry Apple. But uh, there was no guarantees. So I was like, fuck it, I'm buying this. Fuck it, I know I'm gonna love it. Uh, but yeah, I did not I did not quite like. I thought the trailers made it look really good, but, but like again, I think the reaction that it came out was like, oh, it's okay. So I was like, oh man, he could, did he mess up? No, he did not mess up. It's great. <laughs> Good. I I, um, I wanted to watch it in theaters, but like it being three and a half hours long, yeah. I was like I don't know, man. But I, I'm glad it's I'm glad it, it is a uh, you know really good. And to me, uh, to me, it was just like Oppenheimer, where I did not I did not feel the length in either of them. Was yeah, that was what that was surprising for me in Oppenheimer. Like I did not feel that it was as long as it as it was. So. I mean yeah. that's that's the sign of a really great movie. It just you just yeah. fall into it and you don't realize you've wasted three hours. Like uh, last night, about two hours and twenty minutes, and my wife was like, "Yo, I'm done. Like this is too much. This is going on too long. I need to go to bed." I was like, "Okay," and I paused it, and I was like sitting there for a minute. I'm like, "I want to see how this, you know, like." So I, I ended up watching it, but then today she was like. Do you want to watch like the last hour of that movie? I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude! Like, let's you know watch it again." Like, or I'll you know, yes, let's watch that. And uh, she was like, her having that break in between, she was like totally gripped in the last hour. She was like really watching it and being like, and like one of the final scenes before Scorsese breaks the fourth wall and says like, "Hey man, just so you know, white guy told you this." like there's a there's a final scene between I don't, I don't want to spoil too much for you because you haven't seen it yet, but there's a final scene between DiCaprio and his wife and and Melissa was just like damn damn like she just kept saying that I was like yeah right anyways yeah it's phenomenal uh, I'd awesome. be interested to hear what you say about it um, all right yeah I don't know yeah I think we've gone long on, on like what we've seen and given people lots of stuff. Obviously it's the big things of the year to see, but there you go. That's our thoughts on them. Anyways, Chris, 
Let's get into yeah. our Christmas movies. Ho, ho, ho. Here we are again. Merry Christmas. Uh, and I, you know what? Let's start with um, Christmas Bloody Christmas. All right. Which uh, is from 2022. Uh, let me get the exact. December 9th uh, of 2022. So almost exactly a year from from when we recorded. We're recording this. U.S. Defense Department has spent over a trillion dollars on the most cutting-edge robot technology, introducing RoboSanta Plus for the upcoming holiday season. What are you going to do this fine Christmas Eve? I was potentially going to go meet up with a dude. I've blown him off twice already, so come on, get a drink with your old pal, Robbie. What's up with you two? I uh, just grabbing a drink. I talk her out of some tender trash. You didn't oh. talk me out of anything. Sir Christmas! Sir Christmas! A humbug. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! New animatronic state-of-the-art Santa Claus, featured at our own TW Bonkers, is now the subject of an international recall. from the boys down at the scene yet. They're still down there counting bodies. Uh, it's written and directed by Joe Begos, although I've heard his name pronounced Begos. So one of those. But this is a guy we've actually reviewed before. He did the movie Bliss that we did a show on. Yeah, um, yeah. Kind of a indie horror director, I'd say like not too different in a vein from Eli Roth or something. Like someone you could tell who is a big fan uh, of of horror, and he has his fans. I guess I count myself as one of them, although he has his detractors as well. And I and I get why people dislike his movies, but I, I've so far have enjoyed them. I don't know about you, not to get uh, ahead I- of ourselves. Uh, yeah, I mean it's they're fine. Like I, I did not love VFW, but it's it's fun. Uh, I didn't love Bliss either. I think I think Bliss was like right down the middle. But okay. like I, I think he has there's he has a there. way. There's there's a style to what he does. That's the thing. It's like uh, I guess maybe maybe I I can't compare to be Roth, but like also like Zombie, where it's like you might not like him, but he has his thing that he's doing, right? Like this yeah. guy does has his thing that he's doing and he goes full tilt here with it. And, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. But uh, yeah, again, this movie came out December 9th, 2022. 
it had a I'm guessing small budget. I don't know what. Um, it had a it did a box office of two hundred fifty thousand, which sounds really really bad, but it also came out the same day on Shutter. So I imagine a lot of people just watched it on Shutter. Yeah. Um, the the fan you know reaction to this uh, is mixed, in my opinion, uh, to the point where like. When I saw this last year and I liked it, I felt kind of defensive about it. I was like, well, let's get into what this is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is a killer robot Santa comes to life uh, and starts killing people, you know, specifically our two main characters. Uh, it is a, it's like a department store Santa that they put out that was made using what, like, decommissioned... Department of Defense robot drones? It's basically, yeah, it was like a military robot. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty funny, like, military robots that were being developed and they assigned against it and and they used these robots for whatever reason to make department store Santas. Uh, Stupid, but funny. Um, the movie kind of starts with that. It starts with like a bunch of fake commercials, which I think are not very convincing. Um, I think it's like a Robot Santa ad, but they also explain that in it. I don't know. Uh, but a lot of like the first 30 minutes of this movie doesn't have a ton to do with that. It's like this... It's like this guy who works at a record store... Robbie, I think his name is. Yep, Robbie. And his boss, Tori. Yep. And, you know, they're kind of, like, closing up on Christmas Eve, I believe. And, uh, um, you know, kind of like, what are you doing for Christmas Eve? And, and they end up going out together to hang out. Uh, now, right away, what you're going to notice in this, in this is, I think the movie has, like, really good, like, strong Christmas vibes in terms of, like, the lights everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Bigos is big on, like, you know, the neon lighting and black lights and shit like that. And you get that 1,000% in this movie. And I love that shit. But you also are getting, like, just the Christmas lights, too, turned up to fucking 11 to the point where it's like, it's they're almost like bleeding all over the screen. Um, and you get, like, he makes it, he does a good job of making it look really snowy in this. And I don't know how exactly they're doing it, because I think it was shot in California. Maybe it's part of California that gets snow. I don't know, but I think it does a good job of representing snow, which you don't always get in Christmas movies, like our other one that we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But a lot of this first 30 minutes is these two hanging out, talking about... It's great. Stuff. You loved it. All right. Okay. Me like, too. This is, this is my, but like, at, so I think a I, I strong point like that. And it's not, you, you have to establish a reason to care about the characters. Like, I yeah. think that's, that's all it's like. Otherwise they're just fodder for being murdered. And that's fine. Like sometimes that's, that's perfectly fine, but they establish Robbie and Tori as like actual people. They have opinions. They're talking about shit. There's some sexual tension between them. They're yeah. fun. I like being with them. They're, they're crass and like a little bit over the edge and they obviously want to fuck each other, but like she's his boss and 
Mm-hmm. But like, it's it's a good time. Like, and it feels authentic. Um, okay, as they're going Dude, through. You said it for me because I feel like I'm the only one that feels this way about this movie. Like, I like these guys. I like them. Like, they're like. They're not, like, my friends, but they're, like, people I wish... Like, I'm, like, the movie guy in the group of my friends. You know what I mean? Like, there's a guy that knows everything about sports. There's a guy that knows everything about movies. I'm that guy. And, and you know, most of my friends do not. And it's, like... These are I the met, music folk. If I met these people, I'd hang out. They, they know both. Like, you know, they know music and... and they're music and movie people. And okay, I they're talking about movies, too. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Oh, yeah, a lot. And then we'll get into that. But, like, I... Honestly, the first thirty minutes of this movie is like almost like like a punk rock version of like a Linklater movie, like like before sunset or something. Where it's just two people talking and hanging out, yeah. and you could feel there's you could feel the sexual tension and the you know, will they or won't they of it, where and you want them to hook up. You're like obviously they they're into each other. Like Robbie is like puppy dog eyes for this girl. Yes, and. To me, it all worked. Like, like the the huge complaint of this movie is that like it's slow and it's boring. Getting to the the good stuff, and these good lord, like these people are annoying, and that's from a, a huge portion of the the horror community. That just they they are finding these two annoying, and the the amount that they swear and say fuck annoying, and I'm just like, I don't know, man. Sounds like. How I talk, yeah, I, I guess I say yeah. fuck a lot too. Like I, it's just part of my vocabulary. And I'm hanging out and drinking and walking down the street, smoking. Probably gonna be saying fuck a lot, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Like they, they talk like the people that they are portrayed to be. Like they work in a record store. Out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like I they, would, I would hang out with them. And not just any record store. It's not like it's not like they're like a you know they're high fidelity, right? Like they're they're not they work in a punk rock rock store, right? Like yeah. <laughs> it's like they they're they're dressed kind of punkish. Like that's their vibe. They talk like those people would talk. There's people like this for sure. And yeah. Again, so like. I like watching it again the second time. I'm like almost less defensive about it because I'm like, no, I like like you guys are wrong. I, I like these people, and I you know, to me, I honestly might be the better part of the movie because I, I I really like hanging out with them and, and hearing what they have to say. And yeah, I would have like watched an hour really more yeah. of them just like getting drunk and talking about movies and music. And like going, no, you're wrong. Like this is the better album, or like them playing some music and then fucking. Like you could have yeah. given me ninety minutes of that. There yeah. need to be a killer Santa. I would have been fine with it. Yeah, yeah, it's same. And that first half hour is not completely devoid of setting up what it's going to be because they have other friends that are in uh like the toy store, like the little local toy store. I have that Santa there, and they're fucking in the toy store, and they get fucking murdered. <laughs> the Santa, like, comes to life, and you're getting, like, POV shots. Like, it's like a first-person shooter, but with him with an axe, uh, killing him. Uh, but yeah, meanwhile, Robbie and... What, 
was it Nori or Nora? Uh, Corey. Corey is his boss, yeah. Robbie and Tori are just getting drunk and closing down a bar. Jeff Daniel Phillips shows up, I think, as a cop. Yeah, he's the sheriff. Talking about, talking about some fucking shit about how much he hates it at home. Uh, oh, and, like, they... Yeah, they just... They, they establish some shit, too. Like, it's clear that, like, the sheriff hates Robbie for some reason, and we get, like, that, like, as they're walking by. Like, why does... There's some history like, here, yeah. Yeah, like, you find out it's, like, a funny story about how he just, like, had to take a piss, and he did, and, like, this guy's kid walked by and got pissed on him. Like, it's just funny. Uh, and, you know, so, so they, they they start walking home after they get they close down the bar, and they actually hear like the murders happening inside the toy store, but they're like, "You hear that? He's really fucking her." <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that well, that was like their oh, the, like that was the whole setup is like these two are gonna like fuck in the toy store. And yeah. like she's loud, and they're going at it, and and it's actually the Santa killing her. She's already killed the husband, or yeah. And you do see, like in the background, the robot Santa walk out behind them as they're walking, talking, and then so then it, like starts tracking them because he's the next thing that you know he sees. Uh, but you do get I I got, I love like some of the conversations that happen after this, after they're drunk, and after they're heading home, like. As they're heading home, and once they're at home, they start talking about Christmas movies, um, and you know, like, something some about Christmas story. And uh, I, I don't know if it's him or her. It's like you want to see a, a Bob Clark Christmas movie, you gotta watch Black Christmas. Fuck a Christmas yeah. story, and then they talk about the Blumhouse remake, the 2019 one. Yep, yep, which we we've reviewed on this. Yeah, yeah. They get home, they're drinking whiskey. They're fucked up, and the girl, Tori, who becomes our main character, uh, she's like one of those contrarians who is always like, oh, the sequel's better, like this one, or, you know, the one that, like, people hate is better, and like, yeah. there's people like that, and I'm sometimes that person, you know. Uh, I think she starts arguing that Pet Cemetery 2 is better than 1, yes. uh, which, honestly, like, it's been Might forever. Be like I remember when I have you seen Pet Cemetery two? I have, yeah. When I saw it, which was when it came out, so we were talking over thirty years ago. I was I remember being like, "Oh, this is really good!" Like I thought it was a fantastic movie. Uh, but yeah, I was like, you know at the time regarded as not that good. I, I well, she mentions uh, Freddy's Dead, which insane take. Um, Child's Play two, which I kind of. Like, I'm down with that. I love Child's Play too. Alien Covenant? Yeah. Is, it okay. the, is it the best? I, I don't know I about like you. Alien Covenant. Not the best. But yeah, not the best. I, I like Alien Covenant. Uh, Book of Shadows? Right. Okay. Blair Witch. So, I mean, I think we, we've talked about I don't love Blair Witch. Like, I know you do. I like Book of Shadows. Oh, really? <laughs> I think that that's your most insane thing. It's bad. But I like it. It's trash. Like, but you see what I mean. I, I think this shit's really fun. I, I think it's yeah. fun to have. Like, these are such specific conversations that horror fans will have. That's just. So, I thought I was like, like I didn't need a movie to get going. I was fine. 
Um, oh, and but, then she has she has the funny take of like bands that cut their hair. That's what oh, <laughs> make yes. their worst album. That's really, and then, you know, well, yeah, Metallica load, Metallica and Soundgarden. <laughs> hysterical. They have a whole conversation about Christmas songs. I love too. Like, like uh, <laughs> they're talking about uh, Lemmy from Motorhead. Yes, Motorhead, yeah. Yep. Uh, like, he basically is Motorhead. What the fuck are you talking about? Anyways, yeah, I love all this shit. I, I honestly like. I could see people because I think both you and I dislike the main character in Bliss because of how abrasive she is. Yes, but I just don't find Robbie and Tori abrasive. Like I, I find them they're to be fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I love them to the point where when one of them dies, I was like, whoa. I was not. I was not expecting that. Right, it was like, very early. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was not expecting that kill, no, and I was like no. kind of saddened by it because I thought yeah. like, oh, th- these two are going to run around. One of them might get hurt, like and like injured or something, but they're they're going to run around the rest of the film because like that's what you want. You want them to be together because they belong together. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, speaking of which, that you finally hook up, and it's pretty cool. Like, it, it is like. They're just like mid conversation, and she just she goes in, and you know the, the sexual tension pays off, and it's actually a pretty hot scene, even though they both kind of like stay close. He's like clothed, like he's like eating her out and, and and stuff, and yeah, she gets she gets hers. I don't think he gets to get his because oh, no, like because she goes, hey, like I'm gonna go get some more whiskey, change the record, and you don't move. She tells him to stay on the bed. Yeah, she's gonna come back, and they're gonna they're gonna finish. We're like thirty five minutes, and, and I think yeah. during when this part happens, she sees Santa next to her, completely killing the family next door, including the kid. I think the kid, <laughs> yes. Like, because I think at that point, Santa has already killed the dad and the mom, and now he's killing the kid. And that's what she witnesses is the the kid being murdered. It's great. Uh, Chaos fucking rubs. Like, he comes to their house. I guess she has like a sister in another room with her. That's a great scene, too. Because, like, she has has a husband. Her, her, Her sister's husband is there, Mike. And he is just like standing up, talking loud. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up, Mike. <laughs> Great. Uh, uh, I, I think the kills of most people are not like super remarkable, but then, like, he basically gets both uh, all those other characters who he never saw until now. Yeah. Uh, but Very our main funny. couple. Our main couple, like, they managed to escape. They hit a car back out of the driveway. And then this is where you get a cameo from Joe uh, Bigos. Oh, is, uh, he the, is he the car owner? He's the, Yeah, he's the car owner. He comes up and starts yelling at them. And he actually gets, like, one of the best kills in the movie. Like, yeah. Axe to the head, like, to the top of the head, where it splits his fucking head into. Uh, and then he gets thrown through the fucking windshield. Uh, they keep trying to back up, and they run into a, a tree again. And that's, this is where Santa gr- grabs Robbie and pulls him out through the windshield, and ends up killing him. Good, and and you know I I, I like um, 
Joe Bigos is like pretty standard like 80s practical gore effects that he does, you know, just fucking acts that I like and it, it looks cheap and stupid but also looks awesome. Like I don't know. I don't Hopefully, know how you feel. Yeah. yeah. There, there's a curb stop that I think looks pretty terrible, but uh, well, I, I like this type of practice. Like, I'll take yeah. this over any CGI shit. Any sure, uh, of course, yes. Um, and then this is mayhem for for the second half of the movie. It, it's like a cat and mouse chase between Tori and and this killer robot Santa. I had a bunch of notes, but we'll go too into it unless there's certain things that you want to touch on. No, it's like, uh, I think it, it ramps up when they get to her house and like it goes crazy there. And then all of a sudden it just winds down a little bit. And this is where it kind of lost me a little bit. Like they, she gets arrested, but not really arrested because they quickly realize yeah, that they're, she they're didn't murder everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then the, the Santa shows up in fine fashion though. <laughs> driving like the ambulance. ambulance, right? Yeah, yeah. like fucking, it's like an ambulance on fire that he fucking just plows into the fucking place. Spl- yes, yeah, splits a cop car, I think, in half, and uh, uh, and then he quickly kills those other two cops, and then then it becomes like the chase between it becomes Terminator at that point. The, it becomes the end of yes, Terminator. It is, and it's a very Terminator inspired movie. I was like, this is probably his number one inspiration on the. By the way, did I like mention to you, uh, like how this came about or whatever? No. So, uh, the rights holders, Silent Night, did did you a new Silent Night, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and this was his take, and they passed on it. (laughs) They said it strayed too far from their original. Which I don't know, Chris. Uh, you've Christ. seen, you've seen a lot of these movies at this point. I I haven't seen them all, but I've seen a lot of them too. And um, even the 2012 remake had nothing to do with what the original was. Yeah, you have a killer Santa. That's you're good enough, right? And some like part four does not have killer Santa at all. Part five barely has killer Santa. I don't get how this was straying too far. Uh, really weird. Yeah, I mean, but, Silent Night, Deadly Night, like, the, the concept should just be Killer Santa, right? Like, whether it's Robot Santa or or yeah. crazy, fucked up... What does it matter? Suit, it, like, it doesn't matter, yeah. You want them to do the same story from the, from the first... Like, we've done so many weird and different things in this franchise. I don't, know, I don't get why this was too far out of bounds... To me, like, this movie is, like, emblematic of, like, what you want out of a Christmas movie is, like, you want a Killer Santa fucking shit up and Christmas lights. Like, that's it. And that's what this movie delivers. Uh, I, I, so it's, it's really weird to me that, like, they, like, pass on it. But then he uh, continued working on it, got the financing or whatever, and just made his own movie. Uh, and I dig it. Um, but yeah, like a huge inspiration also was, was, uh, Terminator. And yeah, that's what the last like 20 minutes or so. This is is low budget, like ultra low budget Terminator. 
but it's cool. Yeah. Like he gets more and more fucked up looking, and he's got like laser eyes coming out, and <laughs> the green laser <laughs> eyes are hysterical. I love it, and and like. Again, it's nowhere near as impressive as Terminator, especially uh, you know Terminator at the time. But like, I don't know, he makes it work, and it's cool to see him like fall apart. You start to see like more of the mechanics of him and, and whatever. Uh, you know, there's there's scenes that like where he's like stalking her. I feel like go on too long, and, and I, I I do feel like. Like, if I had one big complaint about this movie, or not a complaint, but criticism, is that, like, you could really feel it stretching to reach, like, an acceptable length of, like, this is a movie. Yeah. Like, and, and you know, Terminator does this a little bit, too, but it's, like, the concept of, like, alright, she's got him now, he's dead. Oh, no, never mind. You know what I mean? Like, he's back again, he's back again. Um, and in fact, it comes to the point where I'm like, all right, she she sets off the sprinklers, he gets fried, he seems dead for sure, but then he starts crawling and he's still alive. To the point where I'm like, I don't even remember exactly how she kills him, like she like blows him up somehow. Or like electrocutes him type thing, you know, like. Yeah, she, she uses the, the, uh. The, 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 the breaker box. Mm, shit. Now I'm now I'm drawing a blank. It was was I thought she used the water to kind of fry him from the but that was yeah. before. He did, but then he gets up again. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, yeah. And then, like the final time where she actually gets up is less memorable. So I'm like I think maybe it was like one note too much and the water would have been would have been like a nice like, oh yeah, memorable. Like she got him with that. But that's just like slow mo, slow mo of her walking out in the street, and you know it's dawn and she's crying. You get kind of a cheesy free, like freeze frame on her. And that's the end. That's it. That's all the movie is. Two people hanging out for the first half, and you're getting like before sunsetting for the first half, and the second half is yeah. uh, indie Terminator <laughs> with a killer Santa robot killing people. And that's like an F. Chris. Fun stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. Give us your assessment on this. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what to think going in watching this. Uh, but yeah, like, there's a lot of style to it. As I said, I really enjoy the, you know, uh, Riley Dandy as Tori and, and uh, Robbie. Like, I, I enjoyed hearing them talk and just kind of like work out their sexual tension. And there's a good, that whole fun sequence of like him, the Santa busting into the neighbor's house, killing the family there, and then kind of stalking the next four is great. It's a ton of fun. The whole sequence with the cop that the original cop that shows up at the house is fun. And, and then it does, it just drags on a little too, too long at the end. Um, Maybe if we cut like five more minutes, like, yeah, we yeah. made it 82 minutes long. But I think if you cut up five more minutes, it would have been like really tight. Yeah. And I would have liked it a little bit more. But overall, like, it's a fun film. Like, I I could see myself rewatching this one in future Christmas like time. Christmas periods. Yeah. 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 What about Rating? you, Jeff? Rating? 
I'm going to go a 7 out of 10. Okay. Pretty much everything you said, I feel the same way. Like, I... I I, and I'm actually kind of surprised by this because I'm I am in the minority opinion. I feel like on this, where I'm like, I like these people. I could have watched a movie. Like again, everything you said, I could have watched a movie of them. It was cool once it gets going. Finally, like get this like cool robot killer Santa. That's a really fun thing. That part that part almost goes on a little too long, even though it's a short movie, but. uh yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way about you, and kind of same rating. It's like a seven out of ten. It's one that I've visited now two Christmas. Nice. I would not be surprised if I'm watching it again next year. Good times. Yeah. Uh, we got more good times though, Chris. We got another Christmas movie to talk about. We do. This one. <laughs> So the thing about like uh, Christmas, probably Christmas, is it? It is the thing that it says on the box, and it's what you expect out of a Christmas. It's what you want out of a Christmas movie. Silent Night, Deadly Five, Deadly Silent Night, Deadly Night Five, The Toy Maker is um, it's a lot. It's it, a lot it's, going on. It's something. Welcome to the shop of Joe Petto. Here, you'll find the most amazing gadgets on Earth. Each toy is unique. What a terrible accident. Sarah, you think this is an accident? Look. Each specially designed by the craftsman himself. Fuck, where did all these toys come from? Sarah, what do you know about that old guy from the toy store? I wonder if I told you he was arrested for maiming some kids several years ago. What reason could he have to hurt innocent children? Joe Petto always wanted a real boy. Where's Derek? He took him. Who took him? What? Who? The man from the toy store. But he'll have to make what he can get. All you need is a little of that and a little of that and a, a little of that. From the producer of Bride of Reanimator. I want my boy! What have you done with him? I'm your son now! Not... With special effects by screaming Mad George Inc. of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. Comes the most incredible night yet. Mickey Rooney stars in Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toymaker. Merry Christmas! It is <laughs> written and directed by Martin Kitrosser. It's, uh... You know, it has a release date of November seventh, nineteen ninety one. That was straight to video. Uh, and estimated budget of two hundred fifty thousand. Who knows what it did on? Well, there was no box office, but like how, how successful it was financially, I don't know. Um. Uh, the, the things I could tell you about this movie is like Brian. Yuzna, Yuzna, who did mm-hmm. uh, Society, he did like, I think he did Return of the Living Dead 3, he actually did Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, he was the director of, of Part 4, this was like a mea culpa for him, because he, like, Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, spoilers, does not have a lot of, like, Christmas shit in it, and he's like, I felt bad about that, like, it still made, it still made the money you need to make, and they offered me a sequel, <clears throat> So, 
I thought, oh, let's incorporate Christmas shit into it again. And he thought of um, of this. <laughs> he started from the idea of a killer robot, just like another movie, which it's funny enough, when I picked these two together, I did not think about that connection. But that, that's how it is. Uh, he's like, oh, it's a killer robot. Or, you know, there's a guy that makes killer to- like toys and he's got a killer yeah. robot for his, for his son. And that was like the idea. And they built the story around that. And uh, I think he co-wrote it with Martin Kit Rosser. And, and he did not direct it, but, like, you know, he had, he had a heavy hand on this. You can kind of feel that because, like, this movie is fucking insane. <laughs> yes, Absolutely it is. Absolutely fucking insane. Like, it is a straight-to-video early 90s movie, and you can feel that, and it has the aspect ratio of of one of those movies, like, you know, a little square box. And it, you can tell it's cheap, but despite it being cheap, like... Which it certainly is. They got somehow got Screaming Mad George to do the special effects for this. Uh, who at this point he had, I think he had done Society with Brian Yuzna, and he had done uh, he was the special effects guy on Nightmare on Elm Street Four, which had like fantastic special yeah. effects. And you know I I don't know if the special effects here are, like are amazing. But when you tell me the budget is two hundred fifty thousand, I'm like, they're mind blowing. I I cannot believe how good the effects are. Because you got some gore, you got some violence to this, you got toys coming to life, and a pretty cool bot by the end. Um, but yeah, let's get into uh, this movie again. As nothing. Any of the previous entries, it's a, it's its own standalone story, so you don't need to know the saga. You can just pop right into this one, Chris. Um, what a weird start and to it this has, movie, too, though. Well, it has, it's something that comes up in a lot of Christmas movie, Christmas horror movies for a reason, is the kids seeing their Parents, parents fucking yeah like uh, uh, this series in particular like this series christmas evil that was a thing yeah it's apparently that's a traumatizing thing i think i might have walked in once and it, you know lock your seen... doors people yeah <laughs> but it didn't like change the course of my life <laughs> the way it does in these movies no i mean these kids get traumatized but, like but i don't get what i don't get the tie-in with Christmas to that? Like, why every Christmas horror yeah. movie has to be? I guess, I don't know. Uh, well, but yeah, well, I, I mean, I think it's 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 a horror film, so it feels it needs to add the sexual element to it. Yeah. And so that's, that's what they do here, right? Like, they, they, add, they add that into the beginning, and it doesn't maybe, fit. Maybe, There's no maybe. reason for it. Maybe Christmas is the only time married couples have sex. They have sex once per year at Christmas. I mean that that is that is a that is not true. <laughs> but okay, maybe people that are puritanical think that. Uh, um, it's weird. 
it's like you you could and i'm not complaining i don't give a shit about like the sex scene in this is it's not great like actually it's fucking weird it's fucking weird (laughs) like but actually there's two sex scenes in this and they're both fucking weird or i guess there's three but we'll we'll, we'll get to the other one and the other two in a little bit but there's two that are intercut like they're happening yeah. at the same time it's so <laughs> fucking weird yeah. um but yeah this one happens and it's like all right whatever like they're they're getting it on uh the kid sees it and he goes downstairs like you didn't need to have that scene um yeah because doesn't play into it no uh, the kid can go downstairs and like find a gift or i mean i guess he, he hears somebody knock on the door or something so he opens the door and there's a present out there uh, and they could have just been like, you know, the dad comes That's down and it. they have that whole yeah. interaction. You don't yeah. need to be like the kid sees your parents fucking like. Uh, but I love this opening uh, after the sex. Like, you know, he yeah. sends the kid to bed and, and then shit goes off, man. Yeah, his, dad, his dad opens the present that was left for him. It's like a little pokeball. Yeah, and uh, but it's not a Pokeball because it turns into an evil Santa that has like these like protruding like rope arm and legs that like wrap like basically like the little Santa ball. Yeah, it becomes a face hugger, and Dad flails around like crazy for no reason. I mean, not for no reason. He's got a face hugger on his face. Oh, it's insane. He's like knocking over everything. He like knocks over like their like the poker set by like their fireplace and the fire poker as it's like falling is like sort of standing up and he falls on it like just perfectly at that point and and impales himself yes and that's the opening of your movie and then it's two weeks later and it's closer to christmas and mom has moved the fuck on she does not fucking care i thought it was like a year later like, it, it really feels like this is a two years later situation where she's like, she has moved on and she's okay, but her son is just fucked up by the, like, you know, and he saw the whole like murderous toy kill his dad. And she's all like, like, oh, like, I mean, if, as you said, it's two weeks later and she's acting like it's two years later. And he's still like traumatized and sleeping in her bed and won't talk. Like, it was two weeks ago, bitch. Like you just lost your your fucking husband in a freak accident, and she's just like, yeah. Like she's totally moved uh, to the point where she's going to start fucking someone else very soon. Uh, meanwhile, and this is a movie that has like, like other things going on on it. Like it's, for like the first hour, that you're just like, how does this connect? How does that connect? What are they? Like, how does any of this make sense? It does come together in yep. the most insane way in the end, but like, there's a lot going on in the first half of this that you're like, you have to like take on faith where you're like, I don't know. They're I don't get why this. They, they introduce a lot of characters that that then become like, is this the killer? Like, is is this the killer? Is this the killer? Like. Like yeah, start introducing like a bunch of things. It's like to throw you off of what is actually happening. Oh yeah, and you're just like in the dark. You know, besides our main characters, where there's like you have the dead dad and the mom, and all of a sudden like the son is like mute now, which I uh, 
a trope that I don't know why it was a thing back then, but this and fucking Halloween 5 with the kid that won't fucking talk. What the fuck? I mean, it's, uh, it is a... That's the thing that a, happens. a trauma response, right? Like, they just... like so That's you, a real thing? People will just yeah, not like, talk? You just, yeah, you just won't... You don't say anything. Um, I, I don't know why it happens, but it, it, it's, it's something that can happen. It's, it's not as prevalent as okay. horror films make it seem, but... Well, if you went through the stuff in horror films, I guess, but it's an annoying thing <laughs> a little bit. There's points where, like, hey... If you could talk, that would be super fucking helpful. <laughs> Very uh, helpful. Especially at the end. Yeah. But, um... So yeah, so you got them. Then you got, like... There's, like, this uh, toy store and who's owned by Joe Petto, and he has a son named Pino. Yep. Okay, so we'll, we'll get into that name, but, like, I hear that they go, I'm going to take them to Petto's Toy Store. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and it sounds like, like pedo, like pedophile. Okay. I gotta take that to the pedophiles, you know. Like, what the fuck is happening? I think the term pedo is more, like, relevant now than maybe it was then. Yeah. Really and think about that aspect of it. And, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into why they're named that later. But, yeah, yeah it, it's fu- it was just funny. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? Because, like, I'm like watching it but not like fully paying attention yet like <laughs> well and the interesting thing is like i did notice how like weird the names were but like it's the reference didn't click for me <laughs> yeah which would have been helpful because it would have like like clued me in maybe to what the big twist of this was but it did yeah. not like i am willing to admit i did not know where this is going, even though, like, in retrospect, it seems super obvious. Like, we're just yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm in the same, know? same exact boat as you. Like, that made me love it more, though, because I didn't know. And then, when, when, like, the last 10 minutes of this are fucking insane on top of like how insane the rest of it is, that I love that I didn't like pick up on where it was going. I was like, oh my god, I like lost my mind. Like, I was like, jumping around and, like, yelling at my wife, like, do you see this? this? is so stupid. Anyways, yeah, so you have Mickey Rooney as this uh, toy shop owner named Joe Petto, and you have his weird son, Pino. The interesting thing about Mickey Rooney in this, besides the fact that it's Mickey Rooney in this, is that he, like, was a vocal opponent of Silent Night, Deadly Night, and here he is in part five. <laughs> yeah. Very weird. Um... But then you also have, like, this weird, like, 30-year-old dude who's, like, lurking around. Like, we don't know anything about him, and he's, like, outside of the plot. Like, outside of the main plot. Like, he's, like, in the toy store when he's trying to, like, return a toy or something. Like, you don't know what his deal is for a while. (laughs) But when you do find out, it is a what-the-fuck twist. Like, this movie has, like, several twists, and that twist is, like, very weird to that in a second. That, uh, that, that oh, yeah, yeah, when we, that twist I called though. You called that? Yeah, yeah, I figured that one out. I was, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll, we'll come all up. right, all right. But he is like kind of lurking around the edges of this movie. Like he buys a Larry the Lark 
Larva to some hotel and he buys this Larry the Larva toy. And it's a really <laughs> dildo. Yeah, really weird scene though where like the hotel owner comes asking for like, hey man, you gotta pay up for tomorrow. And he's like, no. And he's like, well, you fucking gotta go. You're deadbeat. And he's like, I'll give your kid a toy. And that's, that's how it works. Like, I don't know. Whatever. But um, he, gives, he gives the toy. The larva like crawls out of the box and is like crawling towards him and he's playing with it and stuff. Uh, but eventually it goes bad because it like crawls into his mouth. And, right? Doesn't it crawl? Yeah, it crawls into his yeah, Oh, yep. it's very cool, like, uh, practical effects scene where it like crawls into his mouth, like, kind of like goes around the side of his head and fucking pops out of his eye. Awesome. And then, like, the car goes flying off a cliff. It hits the ground and then it explodes. It's so fucking great. Just classic, like way stupid and over the top. Um, and before, before, so like he gives him that that toy. But before that, you see this guy, and I'm drawing a blank on what the fuck his name is. But he he's in his hotel room and he's like he has all these toys around him and he's like taking them apart and so it. Yeah. Kind of like is starting to like point at him being the one that's sabotaging toys and trying to to kill people. But he's not. He <laughs> this plot is so fucking like what the fuck is this? I guess I'll just say it. Like he's not. He's like investigating the, the toy store because that guy is putting out evil toys. But there's a part where he's like telling this to his love, which we'll get to, but he's like, <laughs> I've been examining these toys. She's like, well, what have you found? He's like, nothing. <laughs> like, okay, dude. What? It's like he can't figure out. Like, he doesn't know what he's looking for, so he can't figure out what this guy is doing to the sabotage the toys. <laughs> it's, like, okay. it's goofy. I, the whole movie is very goofy. I don't know if this is coming across yet. But there, it is. there's a better his guy's name is Noah. Um, there's a there's a, also a weird scene before he you know hooks up with with his his love, where he is also a mall Santa. And, yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> and and like so he sees uh you know he sees Derek and and Sarah at the mall and they're gonna Give go see ship. Santa. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta do that. Yeah. <laughs> Very weird. He goes out there, and then so like Derek goes and sits on Santa's lap, and he's like talking to him, and like you know, it's just two weeks after he he witnessed his dad die, he's still having like the trauma going on, and his mom's like, "Oh, I, all right, fine, we'll just leave." <laughs> then this motherfucker won't let him go. <laughs> like it's like holding him. They're just like, "Let my son go." So exactly. fucking it's weird, so psychotic, and weird. And that's like the whole thing that, like, on second watch, like, you can think about these things where you're like, why didn't you just go to her, like, ring her doorbell and be like, hey, I'm I'm back. back. Yeah, like, that would be awkward, but it would not be as awkward as what you're doing here. So this this scene is where I piece together that he is Dark's dad. Okay. Um, how he, how he acted towards him? But. Well, just like yeah, he he like he wanted to be around the kid, and then like you you see him shows up later, like he has a gift, and like a, the mom is working at, at 
at work and like the babysitter's like go away and like but he's like dropping off a gift to the kid yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. and like, a special gift yeah and like so it's like but before that i was like th- this guy he's the dad in some way i'm thinking at that point he's the the brother of the the, the, uh, yeah. the actual guy who died uh and like she had an affair or something turns out it plays out in such a way but he is just some guy that like had fucked up his life and joined the army and got her pregnant, and then she that married. Left her, and she got yeah, married. She had a husband. Somebody else. Yeah. And apparently, has been waiting for him to come back. She was right back at it. Weeks <laughs> after leaving her husband. <laughs> Two weeks. She like not just like oh all right like um we'll we'll go home and like talk or whatever. She's just like I'm a for fuck a you in the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the parking lot. Yeah. Um. Also, in the Santa scene, uh, he takes over the ship from Clint Howard, which I'm sure you noticed. Yeah, yeah. And Clint Howard is also a Santa in San- Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. He's, like, reprising the same role. Um, he's not in that movie long. No spoilers. But, uh, anyways. Yeah, and then... Uh... <laughs> We get some other weird stuff where like presents are showing up at the house and the president shows up at the house and I love the kid trying to shove it off the window and he can't fit it. Yeah. He like runs it downstairs and throws it in the trash. It's like totally sticking out and his fucking neighbor buddy uh takes it out and it's fucking rollerblades. It's amazing. He talks shit to like a bully that's like ten years older than him. Um, but you know the kid gets those come up because those fucking rollerblades come to life out of the rockets and them. Fucking rockets coming out. Yes, so good. <laughs> you get uh, Mickey Rooney being the shit out of his son Pino. Like he like breaks a bottle over his head at one point. Um. You get uh, the main kid, Derek. He, he gets forced to sleep in his room for the night, and he grabs a bat and destroys it, and or destroys the, the Santa toy that killed his dad. Yeah, the, the, the face hugger thing. Yep. And then finally, this is almost an hour in. Like the the mystery creepy dude goes to Derek's mom's work, and he chases her down in a parking garage. Oh, and, then they, and then they kiss. And then everything about the scene is like he comes to the light fully visible, like says her name, and she yes. runs. <laughs> and he like chases her down, and then he catches her, like then she sees him, I guess, you know, a couple inches from her face, and then she realizes and they start making out. They fucking fuck in the back of the fucking car like they're teenagers. Like, what are you doing? What is going on? Like this movie is just like and it, this scene is so funny because it's interspersed with the babysitter and yes. her brutish boyfriend in the most unerotic fucking sex scene yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. Where he's like sticking his finger in her mouth and like, <laughs> it's, it's, there is a funny scene though where there's this uh, animatronic arm that's just crawling around and it's like touching his ass. <laughs> he's oh like, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. 
That feels so good. You've never touched me there before, baby. And she's like staring at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, yeah. That is is really funny. This is like probably like the most crazy like special effects and violence in this because like you have Mickey Rooney like walk in dressed as Santa. So now like it makes it officially a Silent Night, Deadly Night movie, I guess. Although it's not him. I don't know if you caught that in in the plot of the movie, but it's not him. Yeah. But anyways, it, 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 Mickey Rooney walks in, dumps a whole bunch of like toys. <laughs> they go crazy on him. It's pretty cool, actually. Too like a toy tank like shoots her in the chest. <laughs> it's awesome. That uh, that is so goofy too. Cause it's like it's inconsistent, right? Because like that happens, she gets shot like a, with a fucking shotgun blast into her chest. There's blood everywhere. But then. <laughs> Later on in the in toy, the toy shop, shop, there's like an there's airplane, airplane, another thing shooting at them, and it's like, like he, he, the guy that's getting shot is like, it's like he's getting hit with like bee stings. Like, <laughs> like, they're not consistent in the level of lethality. Yeah, that is true. Uh, but anyways, this like leads us up to like the finale here. Uh, just wild. Yeah, so our new main couple comes home and sees everyone all fucked up and bloody. They end up going, you know, they go to the toy shop, they get attacked by toys. Uh, Rooney, like, you know, Mickey shoots a squirt gun at the dude and, like, kind of silides him forever for whatever it's reason. Like, like- I, I, I could have understood it? if it was acid or something, but it just it seems like it might be ice. water. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what it, what, like, what it's supposed to be. And like, he shoots him in the face and he stumbles backwards into a shelf and, like, the boxes fall on him and, yeah, he disappears for the next ten minutes. But then we get the, like, like the last ten, twenty minutes of this movie, like, really set it apart because it's so crazy, it's dude. Like the the mom has in the basement, and Rooney is down there, but he takes his face off, and he puts Pino's face on. He's a robot. He's swapping out faces. Rooney's dead. Like he's killed Rooney because like, they're abusing him or whatever. Um, <laughs> he gets naked in front of the mom, and he explains that like Rooney could. You know, uh, Rudy could Rudy never could love him as a real like. So he was the replacement for Rooney's wife and son. Yeah, who she was pregnant with at the time when she died in a car accident. So he created because he was like a master toy maker or whatever. He created Pino as his son, but he could never love him like a real boy. Yeah. Which is where the names come in. And there's like other weird things that I think I kind of skipped over where it was like they live in the house they used to live in and all this fucking bullshit. But anyways. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, he explains that like dude kept breaking him, like being like abusing him and breaking him. He also says like Father can make anything, and then like the camera like tilts down Except to, his for crotch, this. to his crotch, and he's like, "Well, almost anything." 
And then he tries having a sex with his mom anyway. Oh you know, my god, yeah. Even though he only has, has a nub, and like, I don't know, man, like, for as crappy as you might think this movie is, and I think it's actually better than crappy, but like, it's so funny this robot trying to fuck his mom, and he's like, if I can love you like a real. He's like thrusting <laughs> while while driving her skirt up and like like simulating raping her it, on the toy bench. It's so fucking weird. This movie has gone like so far out there at this point, and it happens like like the, movie, the whole movie is like kind of insane, but like for it to like find new levels of insane in the last ten minutes is pretty awesome. Um she stabs him in the head. He starts like short circuiting. Uh, the boyfriend shows back up again. Kill, you know, hits him with an axe. Promptly gets thrown across the the, yeah. the room again. You know, they, they beat the shit out of this thing, and fucking, she like stomps on his head at some point. And then, uh, Before that, though, like there are three Santa bags hanging from a pole. And he yeah, starts, he starts slowly walking around, cutting them open. And it's like, boy all the kid had to do was when you heard the mom there, like, Mom, I'm in this fucking bag. Like, <laughs> he stays silent the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I mean, yeah, the whole thing is fucking insane. Like, it, it doesn't. None of it, like, really holds up the scrutiny, but, like, it is fun. fun. It is fun. It's out there. I'm happy I have to show this to you because I'm just, like, to me, that I don't know if this is, like, an every-year Christmas movie to me, but, like, I think it might be my favorite of the Silent Night, Deadly Night movies because it's they're, just... They're mostly bad, so, yeah. yeah, this is the most fun, I think. Like, I like... I like uh, I have not seen part three or four, but like, I like one or one or two like a little bit, and the remake is very fun. But like this one is just so insane, like it's so like if you show this to someone, like just the reaction of like the ending, like oh what what the f- oh now he's trying to fuck the mom what the fuck like it, it, it's, it's yeah, i don't think funny. he understands what moms are supposed to be <laughs> yeah it's very yeah, exactly it's very fun in that regard uh i don't i'll, I'll let you give your final word on it and i'll, and I'll give mine so i think something we, we missed too before i we get my file is that um the name of the toy maker and the name of the the son, the robot son. He's Joe Petto, so he's Geppetto, yeah. and uh, Pino is Pinocchio. Like it is, yes. So yeah, it is like it's it's ridiculous that we didn't catch it, but there was so much going on that like yeah, you kind of get the idea that yes, he's Geppetto, right? Like they they make that evident. He's the toy maker. You don't really tie in the fact that Pino is Pinocchio um, until the I end. Did. You and I didn't. Other people did. Um, and yeah, I, I, I again, I feel like stupid that I miss it, but I think it's fine. Like, there's so much weirdness going on that 
I think it's probably like the first time you watch it, you're just not going to catch it because there's, there's too much happening mm-hmm. and too many like red herrings happening that you're. And they don't ever really paint Pino as like he looks like a real boy, right? Like he looks real up well, until yeah. that final sequence. And yet also he has like plastic hair. It's like, okay, what the fuck? Yeah, he's but, always wearing a he's always wearing a mask. Like well, before plays, that. I think that actor plays it really well. Oh, like, very very want, well. When yeah. You think about it like when you think about it, even in the early scenes, it's like, oh yeah, I can see that being a robot. Like it makes sense. But uh in terms of final thoughts, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. It is I don't think it's particularly good, although it may be it may be the Luke, best of like the original five new Christmas classic for you. I, I don't know about that, but uh, I enjoyed it. Like it is, it's crazy enough that like I'm laughing the entire time I'm watching this. Like because it kept getting more and more goofy, and not always in logical ways, but <laughs> in ways that were at least entertaining and and fun to watch. Um, I said I don't necessarily think it's a good movie, but entertaining and uh, i'm gonna go with a uh, five out of ten um i'm very similar like i don't think it's actually a good movie but like it's so engaging and interesting and like twisty like kind of like a bad lifetime movie almost or something like that and and you have screaming mad george doing like I think pretty cool effects for having zero budget. Um, I'm kind of right up there with our other movie. I'm like, it's like a seven to me. Like it's really, it's really fun. It's one that like, I would have no qualms watching every year around Christmas. Um, So that's where I'm at with it. Uh, I'm guessing for you then, Christmas buddy Christmas gets the edge. Yes. Same for me. And for me, it's just because it does what you it does exactly what you want out of a Christmas horror movie, which is a straight up slasher with a robot. Or yeah. a robot. Santa. Santa. This in this case, a robot Santa. So like it's just like so back to basics. It, it like it kind of delivers the goods in a way that even none of the Silent Night Deadly Night movies does. Like it's just like here you go. There's like Santa. He's trying to kill things, and I, and I kind of love that about it. And like it kind of like leans into like here's Christmas lights and Chris. We're we're talking about Christmas songs, all that. Yeah, I think the Christmas theming is better in Christmas yeah, Party Christmas, too. For sure. So. It feels like it's taking place on Christmas. Whereas this one feels like it feels like it was shot in Kevin. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess we're... We agree. We're in agreement, Christmas, yeah. Christmas, Christmas Party Christmas. Only one at the same. Um, I'm up for next month, right? Yes. Yep, you get du- double double picks here. Hard sometimes. <laughs> these two I've had selected for like a year. Like this Christmas bloody Christmas. Like as soon as I saw these, I was like, this is the next episode for next year. But, uh, and, you know, things to just do in general. 
little. I'm, I'm drying up a little bottom. I'm like, what else can we do? All right. So, but I have an idea to start the year. Okay. All right. We're going to do a couple of uh, exploitation movies. As I sometimes I like to do it at the beginning of the year. I like these, like, exploitation thrillers. And the theme is going to be Fear of the Big City. Okay. Which is kind of like a racist theme. Like, like uh, you know, like the, in the vein of the Death Wish movies, right? Got it. Yep. But here's a tw- little twist I'm going to put on it. You're from Philly. I am. I'm from Chicago. We're going to do Philly versus Chicago. All right. So from Philly, we're going to do the film Fighting Back. Have you ever heard of this movie? Because I would not be surprised if you have not. I I I do not believe I've heard of it. We'll see after I look up and... But uh, no. Uh, it's basically a Death Wish type movie, but it is it is Tom Skerritt as an Italian deli owner. I have not seen this. I don't know if I've seen either of these. Uh, oh, actually, I have seen one of them. Yeah. Tom Skerritt as like an Italian deli owner who's got to fight back. Okay, so that's one movie. So that's Philly. That's the Philly side of the equation, all right? Yep. We're going to do versus Chicago, though. And for Chicago, for our Fear of the Big City movie, we're going to do Judgment Night. You ever seen Judgment Night? Um, I believe so. Probably a Yeah, it's Amelia Westavez. Yes, I love this film. Dennis Leary. Okay, yeah. Um, for some reason, I thought it was... Sh- Detroit, but okay. Really? Yeah, it's Chicago. It's Chicago through and through. Yeah. I mean, nice. it is an exaggeration, in my opinion, of Chicago. You should not be that afraid to walk around. But uh, these are, you know, movies that play on fears of you know urban areas and minorities and, and whatnot. But uh, they're also fun. Movies. Oh, actually, I have no idea what. Uh, I've never seen Fighting Back. I think. Only fighting back could be that that could go either way, uh, but fighting back um, I've I've never seen and I don't think most people have ever seen, but from what I heard it was like the production company that did Death Wish One was trying to do Death Wish Two, but calling it something else. Got it. Um all right, well I at the very least, I know I like Judgment Night. It'll be fun to revisit it's that film. Ever, I watched some of it when it came on Tubi. I think these are both on Tubi, probably. Okay, but uh, yeah, I watched some of it. and I was like, it, to me, it was just such a time capsule. Like, oh my god, the fucking nineties! Holy shit, you know, like having a baller TV and an RV then it was different than it probably would be now. But. uh yeah, that's what we're going to do next month. Like, two exploitation movies about the scary big city. Get excited, yeah. folks. 